This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have no case. Uh, This is a story out of Washington. Uh, It's Washington State where you have two inmates who tried to escape custody. I mean, they were in the courtroom and they bolted out of the courtroom and they actually found their way out. However, they did this in front of the wrong judge. So the judge takes matters into his own hands. Court video, it's right there, shows that the two inmates are being led from the courtroom, and instead of following the orders to get back to jail, they start heading for the door and start running for the door. And this is where Judge R.W. Buzzard leaps into action. He says, I didn't know what what to think by the time they hit the door. And I'm like, well, there's nobody between them and the street, so I wanted to find out uh, where they were going. So... He takes off his robe and goes chasing after them and tackles them. Uh, They still had their handcuffs on like idiots. So uh, one of them uh, does uh, lose the shoe shoe going down the stairs, falls behind the other one. They both fall three flights of stairs, and this is the judge who caused them to do that with a tackle. That is a judge. Uh, Incidentally, the judge went right back on the bench holding court. Let's take some phone calls. John, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, John. Hey, how are you? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yeah, if I'm getting married, does my new wife is liable for any child support that I currently have or Uh, any past judgments? God, I hope so. But no, the answer is no. How much child support uh, are you owed? Or do you owe? Like How much 10, child support? You are you you owe ten thousand back child support? Yes. Okay, and then how much is it costing you uh, every month? One fifty. And that goes on for how long? Uh, until I'm done paying the ten thousand. I oh oh, so it's only back child support. You're not currently paying yes. child support. Your no, your child is now over anymore. eighteen, so it's ten grand basically Correct. that you owe. All right. Correct. Okay. The answer is no. She is not responsible. Although why she would marry a flake like you is beyond my comprehension, John. Okay, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Did he thank me for calling him a flake? Or did he thank me for calling him a... uh... No, that's what he thanked me for. He thanked me. Didn't thank me for the legal advice. He thanked me for the flake comment. I'm sure of that. All right, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Hey, how we doing? Yes, sir. We are doing fine. What can I do for you? Okay, um, a while back I had my uh, plumber who had been my plumber for, oh gosh, seven, eight years. All right. Friends and everything. Um, he, I called him over to unclog a upstairs train. Came over, he had his uh, technician. I said, all right, go do your thing. I'll be in my upstairs office. So he does his thing. Ten minutes later he yells over, hey, we got it uh, unclogged. I'm just going to run the shower and flush the toilets and make sure everything's draining properly. I said, okay. Um, Ten minutes later, he's downstairs. He he yells, oh, crap, get down here. And my whole downstairs is flooded out. Okay. So uh, quickly we shot back everything up. I said, said, uh, what the heck's going on? He goes, well, we obviously whatever we unclogged, we pushed it further down, and it never made it all the way to the back to the septic tank. So... Uh, long story short, 
I called a friend of mine as a contractor. We had to do all the remediation. So it was like $9,500. Um, and I told uh, when I got the final bill and everything was done, plumber, I said, hey, man, you know, uh, what do you say help me out with this? He goes, oh, I'm not responsible. Yeah, let me, well, let me I ask said, you, Gordon, uh, is um, uh, how much of that $9,500 uh, $9, did uh, you either expect or ask him to help you pay? Uh, good question. Um, I When he said, when he, he goes, well, I don't think I'm responsible, I said, well, you could at least meet me halfway. All right, you? so you wanted, okay, so let's say uh, you're asking for half of $9,500. Here is uh, the question. Uh, let's say he tried and it didn't work, and the then the repair is $9,500. Had you called in the contractor and said, uh, here's what happened, uh, here's the problem, and the contractor goes in and says, that's $9,500 worth of work. And what you have going on is you have a plumber who tried to fix it. The downstairs flooded, which he would be responsible for, but if you uh, shop vac if you sucked up all the water, I don't know if there's any damage to the floor, which uh, I would argue he may be. But here is the argument I would have. Uh, Gordon, you're asking me to pay $9,500 or half of it for something that would cost you $9,500 just to fix. You see the problem? Not really. I mean, my argument was to him, I said, had I never called you today, my downstairs would not be flooded out. That's true. How much is the downstairs? How much damage to your downstairs? There was a lot. He actually said, hey... I see your point. I got buddies in the contracting business. Okay, how much damage? Don't they, you, they, you can't say a lot. How much damage to your downstairs, Gordon? Give me a figure. If I had gone through my insurance company, does, no, no, no. How much? It doesn't matter what you had gone through. Had I had my grandmother, I uh, had a pair of balls. She would have been my grandfather, but she's not. So you didn't go through the. You didn't go through the insurance company. What did you pay? $9,500. No, no, no. Not to fix. I'm talking about for the repair of the downstairs, the damage to the flooring because of the of the uh, water that was flooding. 9500 It's a rip-out drywall. Oh, oh, oh. Got it. All right. So, uh, this yeah. This was serious. This was a serious. Uh, so, wait a sec. So, you paid nine, You didn't go through your insurance company? You wrote a check for $9,500? Correct. Why? Why? If I'm... I didn't do that because... Uh, he says, well, since it's made contact with the sewer piping to the outside, it's considered a, you know, Category 3 repair or whatever, and that would be disclosable for an ins- a, a, a sale of my property, and I didn't want someone buying my house. Gordon, thinking, wait a oh, sec, yeah, and, you didn't, number, number and, you didn't, and you didn't call your insurance company to check up on that? I didn't. Because what? Because he had, just said, because he said it? No, because I had a claim three years ago, and my rates were so got got jacked up. And uh, I thought, you know, they, they yeah, ninety five hundred dollars. Anyway, years, uh, you can years. go. All right, you can go ahead and try to sue him. Uh, and his defense is going to be uh, that I didn't know it would have happened anyway. Now, if it turns Correct. out that he is responsible. That it's he did something wrong in trying to flush the system out and could have averted that he is responsible for the entire ninety five hundred dollars, Gordon. Exactly. So what okay. I did was I I, I I I sent a demand letter to him and his bonding company. The bonding company came back asking my side of the story, 
and he, they refuted it with all right. A bunch of so okay. So, so thought, what's your question, Gordon? My question is: I think I did the wrong thing. I should have tried to sue his insurance. You can company. no. You can't sue an insur- You can't sue an insurance company, Gordon. They didn't do anything to you. I can't take them to small claims. The insurance company. What? It, so when you sue the insurance company, uh, what did they do to you? Well, they should cover him. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's no, that no. What did they do to you? Who with the insurance company came out and caused all that damage? Okay, I'll take him to. Correct. That is correct, Gordon. You take him to small claims court. All right. We just spent, what, 15 minutes for a question that should have taken 10 seconds? This is on you, Handel. Okay, this is on, I got to tell you, this is on me. I'm the one that feels like an idiot here. Uh, this is Handel on the law. And I Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Suzanne. Oh. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Yeah, hello. I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan. Okay, straight to it. Um, I did a coaching course with someone, and it was very specific to her, her business, her name, very well known, and was about, she was about to go mainstream like TV show. Okay, well, what kind of training course, Suzanne? It's a, like a coaching. Okay, like a coaching, just a life coaching thing, or is it that like sort of thing? But more specifically, like it's very like Zen and Tantra and all that. All her training, she'd been to India, and her life story it was all about this. So, and you took and you took a, and you took a course from this person. Yeah, took a. It was yeah, it was a course in, for about in yoga and life training because well, of was... some guru in India or Nepal. Yeah. Oh, Susan. No, 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 no. She's from here. She's from. I understand, here. but the course is based on some guy with a beard sitting in a cave in Nepal who gave her a life experience and. Yes. He... Wow. Exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's let's go for so, it. So tell me the rest. So this was, some, you know, change everyone's life, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the course, which was $9,000, we were given the option. I know now, I was, I'd worked, I've been a doula for like 30 years. So, and I had to get out because it just, I know, do People it don't know tonight. what it, by the way, Suzanne, people don't know what a doula is. Would you like to explain uh, very quickly? Okay, so if someone has a baby, then I, I go home and. Take care of the child for a bit. Them. Got it. They, okay. Yeah. So you're a doula um, now. All right. Yeah, so I'd been trying to get out of that. So I saved, saved, saved because I knew I needed to do something else. And and this, I thought, oh, timing, perfect. Got the money, timing, love. Oh, this is, sounds beautiful. I can mm-hmm. help people, but I won't be. I can sleep at night. Um, so I had the money in the bank. So And then it's like, okay, $20,000, you can continue to work with me. You can train with me throughout the year. Twenty grand. She was charging yes. you twenty grand. This this was in addition to continue and be on her website, blah blah blah, all that stuff. So to be, and there was the enticement because she did have things coming up. Okay, so uh, um, okay, so what happened? So that this 
was in December and March, she killed herself. She killed herself. Did you pay the $20,000 before she killed herself? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay, so what, what is your question, Suzanne? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, That's not your question, but you're getting there. Suzanne, you're getting what? very close to your question here. I can I can just hear it in your voice. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm going to vomit it up in a minute. Excellent. Um, yes, that's very close, too. Yes. Oh. All right, so through so, through I, your I, vomitus, uh, go through your... What's your question? I would like your opinion on... My opinion? On legally. Uh, legally, you're an idiot. No, no. Okay? <laughs> legally, you're a moron. You're a cretin. Uh, that's legally, that's the definition. Well, you want to look up, look up, go to the dictionary, pull out your computer, look up the word cretin, C-R-E-T-I-N. There's your no. picture, Suzanne. No. You didn't see me. I'm doing quotation marks. Okay, anyway. so legally, what's your question? Uh, you know what? what? You have no place to go. She's dead. You can't sue dead people. You can try to sue the estate, well, but you paid yeah, them. You can try. You can try, Suzanne. Although I would, uh, if I were, if I were representing the estate, yeah. I would argue you're getting better advice from her being dead than you are if she were alive. Oh my god! Because that's the kind of idiocy that you exhibited. So uh, the point is, does she have an estate? You have to look. You can try. Yep. You can ask for your money back uh, for a refund because she's in breach of the contract. Clearly, mm-hmm. because when you promise to do something and you die, uh, especially when you kill yourself, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very interesting way of dying because it's kind of hard to uh, try to defend that. Uh, then your argument is a simple breach. That's all. She didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't screw you on purpose. She probably killed herself on purpose. But it is a simple yeah. breach of contract. Try to get your $20,000 back. Uh, the, the problem is hiring a lawyer is going to charge you several thousand dollars. The court. Yeah, the, the problem also is hiring a lawyer that's not going to laugh you out of his courtroom, okay? Yeah. Uh, because this is very entertaining, and uh, the problem is collecting from the estate. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's uh, that's it for you. You know, unfortunately, uh, uh, yeah. And what do you do with that, huh? You know, the problem with public Wi-Fi is that it's public Wi-Fi. That's the name, public. So you connect to public Wi-Fi, and even if it's password protected, you could be tossing all of your expectation about privacy out. Matter of fact, you are. Because cyber criminals use Wi-Fi to steal personal information you send and receive while online. But there's a way to use public Wi-Fi privately. Norton Secure VPN. That's Norton Secure Virtual Private Network. It's for your laptop and mobile devices. Easy to use. Simply install it, log in once, and Norton Secure VPN immediately provides you with more privacy and security and protects you from those hackers by encrypting your connection. To get Norton Secure VPN, go to Norton.com slash VPN, starting at $3.33 a month with annual subscription. Sign up now. Keep what's private, private. Enjoy the convenience of the connected world without the concerns about privacy or security. Norton.com slash VPN Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. We're Tom Bill Handle Saturday morning. And welcome back to Handle on the Law. 
Hey, Jennifer. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so here's my question. Um, my 20-year-old son, this was back a few years ago. He was 20 at the time. Um, he was hit by a drunk driver. He was at a stop sign, stoplight, rear-ended by a drunk driver. She took off, went on to hit a few more cars, um, damaged the median in Garden Grove. And so she... She, the, the the judge ordered that she owed my son restitution for his attorney's fees. Okay. Okay. Since then, my son has passed away. Um, he had severe depression, anxiety, and this accident totaled his car and cost him his job because he couldn't get to and from work. And so, to it's kind of a contributing factor to his whole. He ended up taking his life mm. um, uh, three years ago mm. next month. So just kind of an in his honor thing because he was so furious about it. Um, you know, he's been he was given um, granted restitution with interest. We've received one check from her for twenty five dollars. She was supposed to pay him six hundred and fifty dollars a month. Well, I called and they said that they've transferred her she's she's completed all her what she needed to through the Orange County um, court. And now they have sent it to Westminster for, I guess, I, I guess that we can go and, and take her to small claims, but I just want some advice on how. Well, you don't need a small claims because you already have uh, a judge's order to okay. pay restitution. All a sw- small claims court case is going to do is give you a judge's order. So you're already okay. there. Uh, the problem is, is that whether your son, who is now not alive, uh, is mm-hmm. entitled to restitution, uh, and I don't know the answer to that. My guess is, I, he, he I, is, he uh, is. They, as as being uh, as having passed away, he still gets it, or the estate gets it, right? Yes, we we have already determined okay. that, that that we can his parents his parents got it. Okay, so with that, yeah. okay, so with that being said, uh, what it, what is your question, Jennifer? I'm not sure where to go to, where go, to go from here. You Do collect. Go you go. It's this? it's like collecting any other debt. Okay. And so I just so, need to go down to the Westminster Courthouse and tell them that I want to pursue this. No, you you pursue it on uh, your own because uh, you already have a judgment, and okay. uh, so you have to collect. They don't collect judgments for you. You have to collect. So you have to follow this woman, and you want to garnish her wages uh, if she's working, and to find out where she's working. You simply submit, and you get a percentage of uh, whatever she is earning for whatever period of time, because there's also interest. Uh, how much is owed? We're talking about three years now of $650 a month? Yes. Oh, wow. It's, so it's... Um, uh, well, it took a while. It took a while. He had passed away before he got... We, before this determination. Okay, but how long... Before we knew. How long so has it been? been um, it's been... I want, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to say two years. Okay, so let's call it three two years. Three years. Since okay, so they, all right, so let's call it three years since the judgment came down. Six fifty a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're talking what seven thousand? Let's call it seven thousand dollars a year. Seventy five hundred dollars a year times three is twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars plus interest. Right. Uh, right. So, uh, and this is supposed to go on for how long, Jennifer? See that I don't know. From what I'm told, it's in the order. I... It's in the order, Jennifer. There is an amount oh, that is okay. owed. To, yeah, it's not okay. six hundred fifty dollars for the rest of her life. No, no the, the money, the total that was owed at the time that we got the letter, which was a couple of years ago, um, was 
just under six thousand. I understand, but, but that was that is what she owed at that time. But was okay. the entire restitution the was the entire restitution order uh, six thousand dollars? What was the end order? How much? I, I don't have the exact. You amount. have to it know. Was, it was okay. So it, well, okay. So I'm going to say fifty eight hundred. All right. If the entire amount is fifty eight hundred dollars, that's what you are owed plus interest. Plus, and plus you, interest. And right. you have to collect it right. yourself. Uh, and How do I go about garnish, garnishing? You wages? find out. You find out where uh, that she, this woman works, and then if you find out okay. where the woman works, then you file. Then you have to go to the marshal's office uh, and marshal's and office. get a garnishment okay. order, where they'll issue an order. They then serve it on the employer, and then they get the money and okay. pa- pass it on to you. You can just look okay. up how to how to collect debts. Uh, you can do that any place on uh, the internet. Uh, hi, Amber. Hi. Yep. Um, I was married back in 1992 to this uh, tranny, anyhow. All right, Amber, um, you're not on a you're not on a speaker, are you? <laughs> I I'm on a phone. I'm a, I'm driving to work. Okay, and you're on a hands free. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit tricky. Let's try it. Okay, you were married. Okay. You were you were married 15 years ago to whom? No, 26 years ago. Um, I was married and. I got married in 1992, and three, day, three days later, I filed for a divorce. Wow. Uh, my, <laughs> my ex, because I discovered he was using my clothes. <laughs> so Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You discovered your ex were in, was in your, cl- were in your clothes? Yes. I got home from work early, thinking I was going to surprise him to go out to dinner, and he and surprised he, you because he he was wearing your clothes, right? Yes. Inclu- wait, wearing- wait, wait, hold on. Hold on before we answer the question, including underwear? Yes. Wow! Fantastic. Uh, bra and underwear and then your clothes. I mean, the whole Megillah, right? My favorite dress. Whoa, that's even worse. <laughs> it was my favorite purple dress. Bastard. It was... I'm sorry? Bastard for him doing that. Yeah. Not even yes. just your favorite dress. Oh, good God. Did he, he was, did he, he soil, did he, wait, <clears throat> did he soil your dress, if you know what I mean? I believe he may have. Oh, the Bill Clinton. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, exactly. Uh, yes. The DNA. Uh, yes. I understand. All right. So you come home. There he is. Uh, you're going to surprise him for dinner. He surprises you uh, by being uh, dressed in your clothes. Fantastic. And so what, three days after uh, the marriage, you then file for divorce. That's correct. He promised to take the papers to the court. However, he never did. And apparently, we are still married. Yeah, can you I, are. You are. Can you what? Can I ask for spousal support? No, no. You can ask. Oh, for, it you, so good. You can ask for your dress back. You don't get spousal support for three days of marriage, Amber. What kind of spousal support would you like for your three days of marriage? Doesn't matter. I don't care if uh, he has enough to buy 50 dresses. I don't care if he goes to work in a new dress every day. Where where does he work, by the way? Um, I believe he works for Swift Trucking. Okay, just a trucking company. You don't have to give me the name. Uh, Oh. Yeah, and uh, they, don't tell me, they deliver dresses. 
right? Uh, Clothing. And so he's in uh, he's in heaven at this point. All right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how well he's doing. But the answer to your question is no, you cannot get spousal support for three days of marriage. That's number one. Number two, why would you divorce him? He's probably a great guy just because he dresses in your clothes. What's wrong with you? I mean, is that important? That's important. No, it's not important. Of course not. So if you divorce him just for dressing in your clothes, why would you do that if otherwise he's a great guy? Because he looks better in my clothes than I did. Oh, excellent. Fantastic, Amber. I love that. Is that great or what? Yes, Amber. This is Handle on the Law. We just want to get More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Sue. Hey, Bill. Yes, ma'am. My brother-in-law was just diagnosed with lymphoma. Mm. And her attorney, well, her advisor, uh, investor said, you better get yourself, you know, an attorney and get your papers together. Um the lawyer told her to do a will a, a will instead of a trust. What is the difference? Uh, a will is uh, obviously goes through the court. Where it does, it goes through the courts. There's an executor. It has to be filed. Probate has to be open, and the court is controlling it. A trust has nothing to do with the courts. Uh, all the assets are put into a trust. A trustee is named, and the trustee distributes the money pursuant to the instructions on on. The uh, in the trust. So uh, you don't have the protection of the court uh, when you do a trust, but it's much easier to do a trust than going through probate. Because you don't have to pay probate fees. You probably need need an administrator, a lawyer usually involved in uh, a probate. And so it costs money. And so, but a trust has to pay taxes uh, because you have to file. It's a separate entity. So it's six of one, half a dozen the other. How much money are we talking about? Oh, I'd say probably half a mil. Yeah, it's worth it. And then the issue is, it uh, depends on, uh, I can't give you the advice because I don't know the circumstances, but sure. it, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. People are moving more towards trusts than they are to wills. Even if you write a trust, you still have to write a will because uh, there are things that you leave to people. Uh, usually assets put into a trust are financial uh, assets or how property. Uh, however, uh, Uncle Mary's brooch uh, that you want to go to your sister-in-law, that's not in the trust. So that is uh, a will. It's sort of a rollover uh, will. So anyway, uh, the point is I just told you the difference and it didn't help you at all, did it? Uh, we're back to square one. Okay? Yeah, there you are. That's what happens on this show. Uh, Bill! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I've got an interesting situation. I've got a a guy that lives behind me that's got some rather large ficus trees, and the root system has caused damage not only to my home but to my patio. Okay. 
they had a company come out and trim, uh, basically trim and cut the trees down. However, as most people know, with a ficus tree, if you don't deroot them, they just keep growing, and they have grown back. Okay. Now, okay. the other problem is, is that when they were taking down the trees, uh, they also damaged the fence across the back, which I, I have a small dog. I had to pay to have Killed. the... Uh, Killed. Excuse me? You had to pay to have the dog put down because it ate something off a ficus tree? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, it's my wife's dog, but... Um, the, the and thing you want to put it down. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at times, yes. Um, but the, the thing was, is it cost me $1,157, or excuse me, $1,857 right. to uh, have the fence repaired, to which uh, the management company, who will not give me any information on the homeowner, says, well, you'll have to just file a claim with your insurance company. Now, okay. Uh, now, yeah, well, I can take it from there. You want to know what to do, right? Exactly. Okay. First of all, let's start with you're absolutely right. That's an interesting situation. I find uh, trees growing on other people's property one of the most interesting questions I've ever gotten in the last 30 years. Matter of fact, it's fascinating. As a matter of fact, I'm riveted by your story of a tree on your side of uh, the property or his side causing damage to your side. Fantastic. All right, Bill, you get to find out the name of the property owner. And then you sue the property owner. So the whole trick is simply finding out who it is. So what okay, I would do, yeah. I, what I would do is why not sue the uh, the management company all, and then leave the John Doe's. Uh, you can sue anybody else uh, because uh, you don't have to go through your insurance company. Now you can, but the insurance company is just going to turn around and subrogate and go after the property owner. Well, now, my insurance company said that none of this is covered because uh, it is um, okay, an so arborist problem. All right, so it doesn't matter. All right, so you're, uh, you can't go to your insurance company. All right, so that's excluded. Fair enough. So what you have to do is now go to uh, the owner of the property. How do you not know who owns the property? Uh, the property is held in a trust. Ah, okay. Now, good for you. And so what you do is is I would uh, I would sue the management company uh, and or file a lawsuit uh, against the John Doe, okay, and the name of the trust, also John Doe's, and subpoena and subpoena the management company's records to give you the name. Okay, all right, and tell them you're going to do that and uh, tell them uh, that it's the responsibility of uh, their homeowner. And uh, that has gotten a little bit more complicated because it's a trust that owns it, and they won't tell you who the owner is. You have to find out who, if the trust has, is title, uh, then you sue the trust. Because there is someone okay. there is someone who is uh, going to be responsible for accepting the lawsuit. Agent for service. Uh, there has to be someone there. You can't just have a trust that no one can be sued. It doesn't work that way. This is Nevada. So try that. I have no idea if any of that made any sense. That's what I would do. I'm sure I'm completely dead-ass wrong on that. But, hey, you know, that's what I get paid to do is to be wrong 90% of the time. And let me tell you, it works beautifully. Because every time I come up for a contract and it says right there, you have to be wrong 90% of the time, right there in clause number four, I've never breached that. This is Handle on the Law. (laughs) 
This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, this is Arkansas. This is uh, Elkins police officer was arrested in connection with second-degree forgery. So did he forge documents relating to his work? For example, uh, false uh, overtime documents? No. Uh, Was he trying to buy a house fraudulently? No. What he did is forge divorce papers and then sent the papers to his wife. He downloaded a divorce decree from the Internet, puts his name and his wife's names on it, and then added what looked like an authentic Washington County seal. He put a fake file mark on the document, signed a fraudulent judge's name, and this is Judge Stephen M. Kearney, who, by the way, doesn't exist uh, anywhere in the United States. And so uh, they caught him. He was taken into custody. Uh, He was freed on $1,500 bail. And second-degree forgery happens to be a Class C felony, punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a maximum fine of $10,000. Now, the fun part of this, of course, he's still on paid leave while the investigation goes on. So he continues to receive his money, and he is going down hard. Uh, He was hired as a school resource officer originally, but uh, went over to the patrol division where he's no longer going to be. Let's take some phone calls. Hey, Susan, uh, you're up. Hello. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, ma'am. Yes, hello. Okay, you've um, I've spoken to you before. You weren't any help at all, so I thought I'd call back. Excellent. There's something new. There's something new. Okay, I am a tenant in a rental property. Um, bit of a cliche by now, but the crazy neighbor. It's a very peaceful place, and there's just one person and whoever she has living, uh, staying with her. Just nuts, alcohol, drugs, just crazy, not partying, out of control, neurotic. Okay. So, the, the, there's a management company on site. They've done nothing. Um, so, it got to the point where I've stood up to her a couple of times and tried to be nice and I've tried to be forceful. Neither of them worked. Um, so, I lost it the other day and really told her what I thought of her. She went ballistic and... There was just screaming, swearing, trying to break down my door, banging on the walls, just going crazy. That whole property could hear it. Got to the point where I had to call the police. Okay. They came They came out and said, well, she's obviously medicated or something, and they wouldn't do anything. They yeah, they wouldn't. I just, needed, I just needed a presence, just to kind of nip it in the bud, because if we came face-to-face, I would have to, it would come to blows. It, it would, and she's sort of like the victim. Oh, I've got problems, blah, blah, blah. Got it. So, so, all right, so what's your question, Susan? Um, okay, so after this, the office didn't do anything. I gave them a heads up. I said, you know, police are coming. Just so you know, I called them, let them in. And after that, um, I told the office, I said, I, I've, got, I've printed up notices already. I'm going to put them up on everyone's door. If they're having a problem, if they hear this, let the office know, and he says, fine, great. And he thanked me for calling the police. Yes, that's what you've got to do, call the police. They won't do anything, but, yeah, call the police. So I just got a call this morning from the manager saying, I'm getting notices from people, stop doing it. I said, okay, fine, but she wouldn't let me speak. If you do any more of this, I'm going to take legal action against you. Okay, but hold on a minute. The person, whoever his name, I won't say his name, in the office, 
knew about this before I did it, and he was 100% fine. Okay, well, I'll speak to him. Uh, but then went back to me, attacking me. You can't do this. There are processes. Okay. Well, all right, Susan. All right, Susan. So first of all, uh, you can tell uh, the uh, – I, I think you can put uh, those notices on the board. I don't know what kind of legal action – uh, the management's company going, uh, company going to do now? Do you yeah. rent? You rent there, right, Susan? Went where? Oh, uh, you rent at your uh, at your company at your uh, place of residence, or do you own the place? I rent. Yeah. Okay, you rent. So uh, theoretically, they could evict you. Uh, and oh. what they don't want is any problems. So you can't, uh, you don't want to deal with uh, dealing with uh, putting up on the, the, the signs on uh, the doors because you don't want to get in with a management company because in the end they can evict you and that's stupid to get evicted. What you want to mm. do is every time crazy woman deals with you, call the cops. Every time. And you have the right to warn everybody that there is a crazy woman out there. And if management tries to stop you from doing that, Warning people. Okay. Uh, now, uh, they can argue, and you can ask permission uh, of people. Can I put it on your door uh, to warn you? Which, uh, yeah, you don't want to go there. No. Uh, so you certainly can warn people. You can keep on with the management company. The management company is breaching their duty to you because they're allowing a crazy woman who rents there, correct? Yes. Okay. No, then let them know. Put it in writing over and over again. I have asked you. You've done nothing. I tried to put warnings up. You've told me not to do it. Uh, And what you're doing is allowing this woman to make uh, my place uninhabitable. Right. All right. That's what you want to do. And then then get a restraining order. And then call the police every single time. Eventually, hopefully, they'll pick her up. Yeah. Uh, Crazy people. And you can't kill them. You can't take a baseball bat and take out their knees. I mean, you used to be able to. If you have a friend named Guido, maybe. And just uh, you know, just take care of her. I have no idea what you're doing. Uh, that might happen, but no. It's one of those things where, you see, and I've said this over and over again. Sometimes it's difficult to use the law to deal with a problem that's just sloppy. And this is sloppy in the sense of a restraining order that's not going to be paid attention to, that the police won't enforce. Uh, you've got a management company that is wrongly saying you can't do this. You can't warn anybody. You can't say have them call the management company, the neighbors. Uh, it's it's one of those sloppy messes, which is uh, it's just too bad. Thank God I don't live there. It's all I can say. All right, Steve. Yep. Welcome Hello, to Hannah um, on the Law. Yes, going sir. Through, going through probate, and I'm getting ready to transfer some property into my in my name, and that's probably going to happen around December or January. I'm also in the middle of a bankruptcy that's probably going to discharge in October. My question is, is can the aggressive trustee that's working for the court, can he come in and attach that property? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to list. If you're about to receive property, if you're either inheriting property or it's already been transferred to your name or you're about to, the paperwork is already in, you bet that's an asset that you have to tell the court about. Moreover, if it turns out that you get the property right after bankruptcy, immediately that's a red flag. Immediately that tells the court there may be something here that's uh, not particularly kosher, especially if it's in Denmark. It's uh, one of those cases where the court looks at this askance. Now, it may be legit uh, where the property is given to you after the bankruptcy, if you can establish that, but they're going to look at it, Steve. Trust me, they're going to take a look at it. 
Even if it's in another state, they're going to find out about it? Well, you have to tell them if it's in another state. A bankruptcy is a federal issue, which goes uh, – and you have to say, what are your assets? Are you – and in the bankruptcy, they ask you, are you you inheriting? Do you have assets coming to you? And you can't lie. Gotcha. I haven't yet. Um, So I haven't even started – I haven't even filed the probate stuff yet, so should I just wait a couple years? No, no. You can talk to – well, you're going to own the property anyway. Talk to a bankruptcy attorney. That's what you want to do. You need some help from a bankruptcy attorney, for sure, especially when you're skirting the edges of this. Is there a way to do it legitimately? Uh, I'm assuming you can, but it's uh, it's pretty tricky uh, navigable waters here. I mean, to navigate these waters is pretty tricky, I think is what I wanted to say. This is Handle on the Law. More simulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, yep. Hey, John, you're up. Welcome to Handel on the Law. I was wondering if I can find out if there's a civil lawsuit been filed in the state of uh, Massachusetts. Sure. All you do is check with uh, the recorder's office. Or actually, you would check with um, uh, what it would be uh, the. It's, I'm trying to think of the actual uh, name, the court filing, and whatever they call it in uh, Massachusetts. But those are uh, th- those are public uh, documents. So all you do is pull it. I mean, they're just uh, you, you want to look at the file, and the file is a public document. Anytime a lawsuit has been filed, it's uh, it's open for anybody to see. My half brother, who was disabled, was walking to work in the crosswalk, and he sees his car going erratic my half-brother pushes another man out of the way and my half-brother gets killed instantly oh my god so next month the guy's going to go on trial and i was wondering that's not a pub by the way that is not a public document that's we're talking about the status of a lawsuit or the status of what's going on in the trial well both um i have a brother here in la who i don't talk to who's a lawyer and who's taking the case. But apparently, because I'm a relative, I can get some money from a civil lawsuit. Yeah, you can. <laughs> if you if it's a brother that you've lost, there is a wrongful death uh, action that you can take. It's um, beyond wrongful death. I mean, if the uh, the fellow who did that is convicted, uh, well, wait a sec. He was, he, you're talking about against the driver? Certainly not against the guy who he pushed out of the way and saved. Right. The, the driver gets had a million dollar um uh, policy, auto policy. Yeah. And so I, was, I know in California, don't you have a year to file a lawsuit? No, in this case, it, uh, you'd have uh, two or three years, a couple of years, so you're fine. And the lawsuit, assuming the lawsuit's already been filed, uh, so what's going on with the lawsuit, yes, that's a public document, and yes, you have a case, uh, depending on, yeah, you have a case, uh, losing a brother. And once, uh, if the fellow is convicted, then it's just a question of damages. You don't have to prove anything else. You don't have to prove liability. You don't have to prove anything. Gotcha. Okay. That was, uh, boy, that's big of your brother to do that, to save someone. Wow. I would have gone the other way. I would have shoved someone in the way and jumped out. But, uh, you know, uh, that's a human being for sure. That is a mensch, as they say. Carlo! 
Hi, Carlo. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, um, Bill. Hi. Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, I um, I hired a guy that is not a contractor. It's unlicensed to do some uh, handyman work. He was painting the property, um, the outside. Um, he set up the uh, climb up the ladder and started painting, and he lost the balance and fell. Okay. He got about 20 stitches on the head. Um, by the way, he got actually um, staples first, and they didn't clean correctly his head, and he needs to go on a uh, week after. He needs to go on surgery to clean because uh, uh, his scalp got ripped, and then um, they didn't clean the right. dirt inside the scalp, and then he had to go again and then uh, have surgery to put um, stitches because the staples were not correct. So he, um, long story short, uh, he has not, that, that was about a month ago. Right now, he's not able to work. He's trying to get money. Um, he called me because he said that he he needs uh, money or otherwise he's going to uh, sue me. Okay, uh, um, and I'm assuming you have not given him any money yet? Um, no. Good. All right. So uh, is uh, are you a homeowner? Yes. All right. You have homeowner's insurance. Right. Okay. First of all, you look at your homeowner's insurance. There's a 95% chance that you are covered for casual labor around the house. Okay. That's for starters. So you want to turn it over to your insurance company. They'll deal with it. Also, to the extent is there is any liability... Uh, the additional injury, the exacerbation of the surgery and all that, you are not responsible for. It is the doctors who have that kind of a problem. If reasonable okay. care had been taken, you're fine. So turn the damn thing over to your insurance company and say, here you go, uh, and they'll handle it for you. Okay? Okay. What about the other 5% of chances that I have uh, of not? being able to recover by the insurance. Uh, then you're probably going to uh, lose your house and also go to jail for 10 years. Oh, go to jail too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'll go to jail. And uh, are uh, by the way, are you gay? Are you homosexual? Uh, are you hitting on me? Uh, no, I'm not. But I'm just asking a question. Because if you're not homosexual and you go to jail on top of losing your house, you'll also come out a very gay man. All right. So uh, the good news <laughs> is you probably are covered with a homeowner's policy. Uh, yeah, maybe that's even a hundred percent, I think with homeowners policy, you know, the problem with public Wi-Fi. well, it's right there in the name public. So you connect to public Wi-Fi, and even if it's password protected, you could be tossing all of your expectation about privacy out. So you get the coffee, you lose your privacy. And that's because cyber criminals use Wi-Fi to steal the personal information that you send and receive while online. Private photos, financial statements, your tax returns, uh, your social security number on documents. But there is a way to use public Wi-Fi privately. Norton Secure VPN. Norton Secure Virtual Private Network. It's for your laptop and mobile devices. Easy to use. Simply install it, log in once, and Norton Secure VPN immediately provides you with more privacy and security and protects you from those hackers encrypting your connection. To get Norton Secure VPN, go to Norton.com slash VPN. Starts at $3.33 a month with annual subscription. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms apply. Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. Nothing, nothing, nothing gonna save us now. With this broken silence, my thunder crashing in the dark. Broken record, spinning less circles.
to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, Saturday morning. And welcome to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice when I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, Monique. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Well, my dad died in 1978, and my mom and our family, we put him in the Hollywood Park Mausoleum. Oh, in the wall. oh near Marilyn Monroe. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I recently decided with my brother, hey, let's, um, well, we took him out. We took him out when my mom died, and we put him in with my mom, and then we buried them. They wanted to be together. So, recently, my brother and I decided, let's... Uh, sell this, this piece, you know, let's sell where he was. Cause sure. It's been vacant for so long. When I call the cemetery, they tell me that I can do that because the name on the ownership is my grandmother, my dad's mom. Yeah, but that's and, easy. You know, that's easy to deal with because I'm assuming grandma's dead and dad is dead. And uh, it's just a question of getting the property in your name, Monique. That's yeah, all it is because they're not going to have a free, no, they're not going to have a free hole in the wall uh, that your grandmother paid for. So uh, the issue is, do whoever has title to that property is the are the people that can sell that property? Property being uh, a hole in the wall of a mausoleum, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, it's very interesting. But how many places are worth? And it's worth a lot of money. The one, it's worth a lot of money. I know. I mean, they're your grandmother. What? The one, she's the one that's on the. Title, telling I understand that, and you have to get title transferred to your name. I can't do it, though, because I have cousins, and, you know, I have one aunt, my dad's uh, sister, oh, you, alive, and, oh, no, no. You had, better, you had better sit down with them and work this out, Monique, yeah, because if you okay. don't, here's what happens. You're going mm-hmm. to have to file and get the court to order the sale and then split it up among the heirs. So, okay. unfortunately, it gets a little complicated. You have to go to a trust and estate lawyer who's preferably alive uh, because that's important uh, because you're dealing with yeah. hole, holes in the wall of mausoleums. And you, uh, it's this is a little complicated, but it's the only way to do it. Uh, how much is uh, the uh, the crypt worth? Anywhere from fifteen to twenty five thousand. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Now there's a great yeah. now Marilyn Monroe, uh, the crypt right above Marilyn Monroe, went for, I think, a, over a couple of million dollars. Yeah. It well, was a guy who originally bought. It. Remember the story? It's a guy who originally bought it and wanted to be buried uh, facing down, so he would be on top of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> uh, honest to God, and they allowed him to That's do it. So they allowed him to do it, and then when the family realized. This thing is worth a couple of million dollars. They pulled them out instantly. I mean, that gone. They put them in some hole someplace because for a couple of mil- there's no dead person worth a couple of million dollars other than an estate. Okay, that's oh, uh, that's it. God. So uh, it's time for you to talk to a trust and estate lawyer. Get the property in your name or the names of all of the heirs of your okay. grandmother through your mother. Okay, so, so one question. Yes. Because my dad was in there for 30 years, it doesn't mean it's like a piece of real estate and it automatically becomes his family or his. Or, it just has to go. No, it is a piece of it is a piece of real estate. 
Right. Okay, although it doesn't follow the rules of property, but it is, or, or at least real estate property, but it is a piece of property. Maybe it does. Anyway, uh, it's a question of your dad died, then it goes to your mom. If that was the only, your grandfather, then it goes to your mom, and it would be those people that it can inherit from your mother. Okay, it's just, right. it goes right down with the, uh, what the rules are in terms of inheritance, intestacy. So, uh, okay. obviously, he didn't leave a will. Oh, no, he was parked in there, right? Who didn't leave a will? Uh, your grandfather. My, well, it's in my grandmother's name, and he must have left the will that yep. my dad. Okay, you've got to find, you, you, uh, you find the will, you find out who owns it, and then you'll get to $25,000 for a whole All right. Wall. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, good luck. Uh, yeah, it's really bizarre. Uh, just, I've never understood that. A couple of million dollars. Can you imagine that? For the crypt right above Marilyn Monroe. Hello, Ken. Ken, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, how are you doing? Yes, sir. Um, what can I do for you? Now, I, I got this case back about a couple years back. Uh, maybe a year and a half or so. I was, um, arrested by the Ontario Police Department for, it was like, um, like driving, uh, I wasn't even driving, but he arrested me for, oh gosh. Um, okay, for, okay, sounds like, let's play charades here, all right? Uh, <laughs> all right, sounds like, um, oh, I don't know, Regina. The Queen of England. Uh, sounds like, uh, no, what were you arrested for? Okay, basically, I was arrested for, you know, it's something that is I did not do, and it was uh, that, something that's done nine years ago. That's helpful. I wasn't even here in, in the state. Okay, I that's helpful. And you were arrested here in California while you were overseas. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay, this is getting good. All right. Uh, so we don't know what you were arrested for. You weren't here when you were arrested. You were overseas. Uh, and, uh, we don't quite understand because it, uh, all right. So let's move on. Okay. Uh, what's your question? Basically, um, it was for a moving violation. Okay. Now moving violation. Okay. Now we're getting closer. Okay. By the way, most people don't get arrested for moving violations. It had to be one hell of a move. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time calls, so I'm getting all like that. Yeah, this. don't worry I'm about it. Sorry. No, yeah. it happens. Just because, uh, you know, you sound like a complete cretin and an idiot doesn't mean you necessarily are one. Uh, <laughs> okay. So what is your question? My question is, is it legal for them to, uh, you know, arrest somebody and then toss away the whole case? And oh, yeah. They don't have anything on Happens it? all the time. Happens all the time when people are arrested and uh, there is not enough evidence uh, that it moves forward. And yes, it happens probably more often than not. So, yes, mm-hmm. they can arrest you. Now, do you have some defenses? Of course you have some defenses. While you arrested me in California, I was actually overseas. That is a tremendous defense. By the way, that is a defense that can't be refuted. That is a 100% defense. All right. There you go. Thank you. Ugh. That was a sigh. <sighs> All right, Frank. Hi, Frank. Hi. Yes. I I I got a question. These trucks that carry 
uh, dirt and uh, carry rocks and so on and so forth. They have a sign in the back that says, that says uh, not responsible for broken windshields, stay back 200 feet. You know, at, at the highway speeds at, at 60, 70, uh, a rock can bounce about 10 sure. times and hit your windshield. Sure. Can they get away with that? No. No, they can't. No, no, they're responsible. As a matter okay, of fact, so- there is a law here in California that uh, when you're when you have gravel uh, or you have material carrying in the car that can bounce out and hit windshields, uh, that is you have to have a cover. There has to be a canvas cover on there, and the reason that law was passed is there happened to be a legislator who had a rock fall off of a truck and smash his windshield, and he said, okay, I'm done. And he happened to be a legislator in the state of California. So that's the law. No, uh, they can't say that, Frank. They're liable for breaking your window. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. Uh, Yeah, how do you get away with that? That's that's hilarious. It's just, no, you got to stay 200 feet. I'm not responsible. Nope. If a tire blows and uh, your car gets hit with uh, one of my tires and uh, you have to swerve off the road and you crash into another car and 15 people die because of the conflagration, no, I'm not retired. No, absolutely not. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, Jay. Hi, Jay. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. If you have a corporation or had a corporation and it fails, can you re- uh, can you create a new corporation using one of the products from the previous one? Sure, sure. You can you can do that. You don't have to. You can just re- reestablish a corporation or another corporation. It's not as if you're taking someone else's property, unless through bankruptcy someone has bought uh, the assets and there's some proprietary information relating to manufacturing it, which doesn't sound like it. Did you go bankrupt no. on the corporation or did you just, uh, dissolve it? Dissolved. Yeah, you're fine. You can use the same product. That's not a problem. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Now, by Thank the way, you. what, what are you talking about? What kind of, uh, product? I'd rather not say. Why? Because you're, someone's going to steal your idea. Exactly. Well, how about big, how about big picture? Okay, a new kind of hamburger or uh, a different kind of mattress. I'm just curious now. You really got my curiosity up. (laughs) Uh, Let's say a different kind of uh, photo uh, photography. Okay, that helps. A different kind of photography. You understand you've you've already failed once. You're going to fail again. You know that. So you're going to call me again (laughs) saying, Bill, I've had two corporations that went south. What do you think of the third one? And... uh, what do you think I'm going to say, huh? Three times the charm? Junior. Hi, Junior. Welcome. Junior. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Okay. Seven years ago, I pleaded guilty to a possession of controlled substance with intent to distribute. Wait, 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 wait. You're speaking way too fast, and you're not speaking into the phone. I'm assuming you're on a cell phone, correct? Uh, yes, sir. I'm actually on the yard boat right now. You're on the what? A uh, yard boat. 
A Yarko? A Yarko. I'm a Class A driver. Oh, uh, okay. I, that's, I, I'm, still don't, okay. I'm still not getting it. I'm thinking of Yurkel. Uh, yeah, no, a, y- a Yarko. Okay, I still don't know what that is, but that's okay. Uh, all right, okay. Junior on a Yarko. All right, uh, go for it. All right, seven years ago, I pled guilty to a possession of controlled substance with attempt to distribute. Okay. My question is— That's a felony, I... right? Yes, sir. Okay, what kind of controlled substance was it? Fetamine. Uh, okay. Uh, can I expunge my record now? It's been about seven years. Yeah, you can try. Uh, here's the problem. It's a felony, and it's uh, one of those that um, the longer the better, and seven years I think is sort of a wobbler. Uh, when you talk about uh, uh, intent to distribute, how, how much uh, amphetamines are we talking about? Uh, less than an ounce. All right. Well, yeah. All right. But it's still an ounce of uh, meth is pretty impressive. Uh, that That's a fair amount. Uh, I think it's doable. And you get to talk to a criminal attorney and okay. find out. And you can go to my uh, website, handleonthelaw.com. I notice that you're talking very quickly. Yes, sir. I might be driving right now. So uh, not, okay, yeah. 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 No, I think you're talking too quickly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, sir. You know, yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much, Junior. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. Okay, Linda, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, how are you doing? Yes, ma'am. You got to speak a little louder. All right. Can you hear me better now? I can. Excellent. So my question is kind of uh, sarcastic in nature a bit, but serious. With SB 10 coming up, myself as a California licensed bail agent for eight years now, am I going to be able to collect unemployment from the uh, state for taking my job away? Well, uh, are you an employee or do you own the business? I own the business. You're out of luck. First of all, as a business owner, you cannot collect unemployment, Linda. No, no, I own myself. I don't own the business. Okay, so if you're... somebody else owns the name, oh. I am a bail agent that posts bonds. But you're an independent contractor, right, Linda? Basically, yes. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get unemployment. No, because you don't pay into the unemployment uh, department. You're uh, you're on your own. Well, yeah, no, you're a, you're a business. Yeah. I don't... I think that Senate Bill 10 is so unfair not only to the public but to all of us professional bail agents yeah I, the few bail agents people. are getting a little upset because they're out of business yes, the state basically, basically just are. shut you down and there are all kinds yeah. of reasons which i don't want to get into but um if uh i were you i would uh be very upset also i can understand your plight and if i were on the other side uh someone who's been given a bail who can't afford it at all uh, and there's all kinds of reasons on the other side. I think both sides have good reasons, or at least have an argument. So there's an argument Look for. Look at it this way, Bill. Let's say your daughter is in a car with a boy who does something wrong and finds out that the trunk's got a bunch of stolen stuff in it. Now your daughter's going to jail. Your daughter's 24 years old, works for a family business, let's say, yep. and has she's a stepdaughter, so has a mom out of state. Yeah, daughter's she, never been in trouble before. Yeah, Linda, she's, she's not jail. she's not going to, she's not going to jail forever. She's going to be out on her own recognizance. We both know that under SB in ten. Twelve days. Yeah, in LA but county. and if you know L.A. County, it takes over forty eight hours to get yeah. you out after you've been remanded in court. Well, so you can always you be arrested fun. on uh, Linda. Th- this is uh, not a show that we give uh, you know political statements to. So uh, let me just end it with uh, I don't care. Okay, this is Handle on the Law.
This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. In Colorado, there is a man who's been arrested in a stabbing incident. Uh, No big deal. Boulder police arrested this guy, Jared Womack, 37 years old, uh, with a stabbing uh, that occurred just before 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, this is not a big story, except, and this is more fun than anything else. Why would someone stab anybody else? Here is a statement released by the city of Boulder. Police believe that Womack stabbed the adult male victim in the back after agreeing to exchange pants with the victim and then not liking the pants that he received. Then Womack goes to an Eddie Bauer store where he attempts to steal a pair of pants. Now, the part that it goes south, uh, which makes this a tragedy as opposed to just hilarious, is the victim was transported to uh, the hospital with life-threatening injuries. And uh, Womack is being held in jail for first-degree assault, robbery, and theft. And if uh, his uh, victim dies, uh, well, he's looking, obviously, at murder. First-degree murder, I might add. Uh, I have been doing these stories. I've been reporting on these stories for a very long time. I have never heard of a life-threatening stab wound or a life-threatening stab based on not liking pants that you have exchanged with someone. I mean, that's a tough one. That really is. Okay, let's take some phone calls. Hey, Art. Yes. Yes, Art. What can I do for you? Hi, uh, my uh, question is regarding the monthly statements that I received from a financing company, which I uh, finance a restaurant equipment uh, from. So basically, when I rec- I pay five dollars every month to receive this statement, and every time I receive it, there is no balance on it, like how much I still owe them, and also there is no due date on it. I, I keep calling them to request the information, but they refuse to send a statement that has those, those two uh, uh, information on it. And I'm trying to see what other... Send them an email. Send them an email. So they don't... In, so, but they do invoice you, correct? They invoice me. All right. Yes. Here's, here's what I would do. And this is what I do anyway when I'm invoiced, whether or not they put a date on it or a due date. I send out the check immediately. And... Okay. Uh, that way, you're in, you're in the clear. They can't go, come back to you for late payment or whatever. You are clean. And then in an email, you demand that they give you a an end date. They give you a due date, what the balance is. And if they're not willing to give you that, then you go to the next step and say, I'm going to stop paying. Okay. And uh, let them sue you. And you've sent email after email, and they won't even tell you how much you owe. Well, no, if I give them a call, they'll tell me how much I owe. Oh, then they're I telling pay. you. Then you know. There's, well, nothing, that's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that says on your invoice they have to tell you what your balance is. There's no law that says they – there's no law there that says it. If you call them up, they'll tell you what the balance is. So every month I have to give them a call yeah. to, them to tell me my monthly? And uh, no, it's – it's, wait a sec. It's the same monthly, isn't it? Well, my like how much my balance is. Okay, but it's the same. But it's the same amount of money that you owe every month, right? Yes. Okay, so you it. know what that is. So I mean, you can figure it out. What uh, what your 
how much your balance is as it decreases, and uh, they should give it to you. But here, here are your damages, $5 a month. That's how much you've been damaged. Okay. So figure that one out. How long has this been going on? Couple of years already. Okay, but you they're probably not going to even respond uh and whatever lawsuit you have isn't until you've sent the email saying I demand that you send me my balance every month. That's when your damages start. Okay. So uh and, and, you know, wait a year and sue for sixty dollars, spend the two hundred dollars it takes <laughs> to sue someone, uh, or you can do it on a monthly basis and try to nail them. Ugh. Uh, hey, Bill, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning. How are you? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Well, so I have an uncle who went into – he broke his shoulder back in August, and he went to the VA hospital for a week, and then he went into a rehab facility. And in the rehab facility, they lost his teeth. They lost his clothes. He was in there for several months. He can't walk now that he's been in there. His My mother-in-law, his sister, brought him home the other day. He had an infection related to his catheter. He's dehydrated fecal matter, sores in his mouth, and so they had to take him to the ER and got all that stuff cleared up. So I'm just wondering if we have any recourse back at the facility. Uh, yeah, you might. It's, I'm assuming it's a private facility that was hired by the VA that they referred him to, so we don't have to worry about a VA hospital, I'm assuming, right? Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah, you do, except uh, I don't know how much money that's worth. That's the problem. It's uh, one of those damages things. So uh, how long would he have stayed in the rehab center but for their screw-up? Did they, Because of their screw-up, was he there longer than he should have been? I think they, they weren't rehabbing him. Like he, I mean, he could walk when he went in there. He broke a shoulder. so He was living alone at home by himself before he got hurt. He went in there. And it seemed like they didn't do anything to take care of him. So I think he should have been out of there within maybe a month or two. Yeah. The, the problem is the problem is you're going to need a medical expert. Uh, a doctor is going to have to ascertain that. I mean, no one no one cares about your opinion legally. Right. Uh, and so that's the issue. You can call a medical malpractice attorney, although I've got to tell you, I've got some serious doubts as to whether that's going to be picked up or not. It's one of those things where the defense is going to be, well, he would have been here anyway. And even if it's proved that they did treat him bad, Badly, what is that worth to be treated badly? I mean, the prognosis is not long-term. It's not permanent. It's just they made them miserable. And it could be that they're just – the argument may be, okay, but we're just not as good as, uh, let's say, someone else or another facility. However, we met the standard of care, and uh, that's a defense. And getting a uh, getting a lawyer to pick that up is uh, is not easy, but it's worth a phone call. So I'm going to suggest you call a med-mal attorney, and the med-mal attorney will probably blow you off too, but at least uh, you'll, you'll have the answer. So you can go to handleonthelaw.com. We've got a ton of them, and uh, see if what they can do for you. Okay? I will do that. Thank All right. you, sir. I appreciate it. Take time. care. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's miserable when that happens. But, you know, what's, uh, what's the magic phrase here that we always use? It's not me, so do I really care? Okay. Holly. Hello, Holly. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. You're not, you're not on a, you're not on a speakerphone, are you? Oh, no. I just turned off speakerphone because I've been holding for you guys. So I put on speakerphone. You did, but you're not on, but you're not on a speakerphone now. Nope. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Good. Rule number one, no speakerphones. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I go with my question now? Yes, you can. Yes. Okay. Yes, you may. I have 
I have I have a tenant who moved out two months ago, and now she texts me. She said that she while she lived there, she found mold on the ceiling in the bathroom. Okay. And she told me to cut the drywall and fix that. Yeah, wait a sec. But she's already out, right? She out two months already. Okay. So uh, well, all right. So she told you to. So she's telling you to cut the drywall and take care of the mold, right? Yes. Okay. So what's your question? My question is, do I have to? No. No. No, no, you don't have to do a damn thing. She can't sue you. Uh, she can report you, uh, possibly to the Department of Health, but, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to come out. So uh, just don't worry about it. Just say you're not even living here anymore. So, no, you don't have to do anything that the tenant wants you to do. Okay, I did not respond her text for anyone. Yeah, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. And also, to, to, to let you know, I do have the handyman come over and check him. He said everything is just fine. He oh, you're fine. Then, you, then there's nothing to worry about. Just be Holly. Just because someone tells you you have to do something, uh, that doesn't mean you have to do something. So you're okay. Yeah, yeah you're okay. Tenant who's out two months. So this is what you have to do. Give me a break. This is handle on the law. Don't you worry, baby. And uh, welcome back. This is KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. Uh, pleasure having you here. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Raul. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Boy, that's not a good start. Okay. Hello, Raul. All right, what can I... Hello, All right, we've done that already. What can I do for you? So I got a question. Yes, sir. I worked for this guy. He let me go, right? He still owed me money. I uh, I asked to get paid. He ignored me, so I filed a claim against him, and the uh, Bureau of Industrial Affairs right. uh, accepts my claim. They reach out to him. They ask me to come in for, like, a mediation, and they seem to want to talk me into a uh, settlement for just what was originally owed when now there's thousands of dollars involved in penalties, right? Well, I mean, theoretically, there yeah, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Uh, how long has it been? Uh, from the time he owed you the money. When should you have gotten paid, and how long has that uh, time lapse ha- uh, happened? Well, they'll allow a time lapse of up to 30 days. No, I understand, but how long? How long has it been? It's been months. Okay, how many and, uh, months? Three, I, I don't think three, there I don't think three, there are... Th- and how much money are you owed? Well, according to them, the penalty is capped off at $6,000. All right. And okay. uh, and they're saying they want uh, they're not going to give you the six thousand. They just want you to accept the money that was owed you. Correct? Well, they haven't said that, but they're kind of like trying to talk me into taking a settlement of a couple hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks. When I'm trying to push. For all right, so say no. So Raul, just say no. Right. Say no. Okay. We want a hearing. That's all. It's easy. So, so when so when when I when I am I able to represent myself in the yep. hearing? Yep. Absolutely. Or? Absolutely. Yeah, all right. Yeah, no problem. You're owed the money. There it is. There's the statute. Here's what they're doing. They don't want to deal with it. Uh, They want you out of there. Uh, Their job is to minimize their work. Or if they have a huge backlog, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, okay, and say they're willing to work their asses off. Uh, There is such a backlog that there's no way they can get to everybody. For example, plea agreements when you're dealing with a district attorney. If everybody went to trial... That, yeah, that would like it, it, no, it would grind to a stop. It would just halt everything. I mean, the whole justice system would just grind. It'd be over. And so the same thing would happen here. So you don't have to accept it. Just say no. I want a hearing. This is a mediation, is what this is. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you can say no, thank you. I'm owed a lot more money than that, and I'd rather I'd rather go to a hearing and take my chances. All right. So what is it? Thing. Yeah. Over over the weekend, I received by certified mail, but I didn't sign for it. Um, the postman left a letter in front of my building. Um, at, at, at my address, addressed to me, is a check from my former employer for the amount that was originally owed, along with a letter that says, accept this as, as a payment for that amount owed, but this has no, this has no uh, bearing on your claim for further payment. Yeah, you're fine. You accept the money. You can accept right. that money. Sure. As long as you don't waive your right to go into a hearing. So how much money, how much money is owed you, by the way, Raul? 6000 Okay, and they're willing to pay you six thousand. No, that's what he wants. No, he he owes he owes me uh, uh, like just under three hundred dollars. Okay, well, I can't imagine that it's going to be. Is it six thousand dollars in penalties over the last three four months? Yes. Well, they allow only thirty days of penalties to be accrued. At that point, they'll cap it off. So they'll figure. How How is it? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So in thirty days, you're owed two hundred dollars, and it jumps to six thousand dollars in thirty days. Correct. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, that's thank all you for letting me educate. Yeah, you. that's a <laughs> lot of money. So uh, you can accept the 200 bucks and you still want the hearing for the rest of it. So there's nothing wrong with that. I had no idea how $200 turns into $6,000 30 days later. Uh, you know, it just doesn't seem right to me. It just maybe I'm wrong on that one. It's not as if I've been haven't been wrong in the past. Hello, Ray. Yeah. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I worked for a company for 15 years, and I was a 1099, and I found out through other sources that I really shouldn't have been a 1099 because they told me what to do. Uh, I had certain duties to perform. I couldn't work for anybody else. So yeah, right. Okay, so you so you met the qualifications as an employee. Uh, that's what I think. Okay, that's why I'm calling you. Well, uh, it's okay. Let's go through it. They controlled your time that you were at work, correct? Yes. Okay, they controlled uh, what you were supposed to do. They told you what you were supposed to do, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, and they gave you whatever equipment was necessary to do the job. Well, that's a cell phone and a lap computer. All right. And, and did you have an, did you go to an office or were we able to do it at home? I worked at home. Okay, and your hours were your hours, correct? More or less. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's that's iffy. That's iffy. And they're mm-hmm. going to argue because uh you um uh, you could have worked for anybody else. Did you have a contract that said you couldn't work for anybody else? I don't remember an actual contract saying saying that. All right. Well, I you know what? Call the the labor people, uh, or actually, is it the labor people? Uh, no, I think it's the franchise tax board uh, that you okay. want to call, state of California, and see if in fact you should have been an employee because there are a bunch of bunch of rules, and you meet some of them and you don't meet others, mm-hmm. and at some point there's a tipping point. And I don't know if you've met that tipping point or not. Uh, but right. if you have, the Franchise Tax Board is going to go nuts against these people. Okay. And uh, then would that mean, Bill, I, I would get some money back? I don't know. I don't think so. Not necessarily. Oh. You would uh, probably, they would be forced to pay into Social Security and have oh. to pay into governmental, uh, into uh, the governmental programs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but but uh, un- me, unemployment but nothing, and that sort of thing. What? But nothing to me. I don't think nothing so. I don't think so. All right. But give it a shot. Yeah, because uh, you, here's your money. You get, you pay your taxes and uh, uh, you have withholding. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. This is Handle on the Law. Stimulating talk, Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Oh, hey, John. Hi. hi yes, sir. What can I do for you? Um, basically, I'm, uh, a tr- I'm. I will inherit a trust that has um, three homes and two apartment buildings. Okay. And I'm in the rears, like one hundred fifty thousand dollars for child support. Okay. I just recently found out, and I'm wondering, um, can they? Go after uh, the trust when I inherit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you think? Okay. You're going to inherit hundreds of thousands of dollars and not have to pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars in back child support if you have the money? Well, the thing is, the child is you know basically still in debate right now. Is mine or not? So it's just it's still in the air. It's well, like, if oh. then 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 if that, what do you mean that's still in the air? You're looking at child support, right? There's a, there is a judgment for child support, correct? Uh, she was a high school sweetheart, and basically um, she just reappeared like maybe about four or five um, years ago. Okay, did you and did yeah. you file uh, a motion or a lawsuit saying I don't know if this is my kid and I want a DNA test? I have I haven't gotten around to that yet. Why? After four? To four wait a wait wait. You haven't gotten around to it yet after owing one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, as opposed to the first time that the mom went to you and say I want some money. Well, the thing is, I've been abroad, you know, so I've just gotten back into the states, and I travel a lot. So then get a then get a lawyer right now. Okay, get a lawyer. So if it's not if it's not your child, you want to put that on the record for sure. And the argument is that you were out of uh, the country, and now you were given uh, you were served right. And did you go to court? I just I just got notice, you know. Again. But you didn't. But you never did anything yeah. about it. Well, I wrote, I wrote the course, but – and then, you know, I, I went on some travels, and I'm, I'm just back. Yeah, John, John, it, let me tell you, ignoring stuff like that from the courts, this may cost you $150,000. Yes, sir. But you want to – you definitely want to see a family law attorney. Okay, so okay. they can't go after the trust. Uh, yes. Trust well, it says – you're not – it's no longer – if you inherit, it's no longer the trust, John. Okay. The trust is distributed, and it's given to you. Yes. So I'm it's like going to be the trustee. Uh, no, the someone trustee. else is the whoever is the trustee has to distribute the trust, has to liquidate well, the trust, and just hand you whatever is left. Well, it, in the will, basically, it says when this person passed, I will be the trustee. Okay, there. Yeah, hold on a minute. Wait a sec. Yeah. Wills and trusts are two totally different things. Okay. All right. When this person who wrote the trust dies. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, then the trust, I'm assuming, is to distribute it. Who is the trustee now of the trust? There has to be a trustee. Um, this individual is the trustee now. Okay, so, okay. When... No, no, you are are you the beneficiary? In other words, do you get the money? Um, I get the assets, yes. I'm sorry? I get, well, it's not money, it's just it's assets. Like three okay, but you are you the sole beneficiary? Uh, yes. Okay, you're not the trustee anymore. You're the beneficiary, John. You get the money. 
And yes, as soon. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. No, um, I will be the trustee. I will be in control of the trust. Okay, I'm then who? Then who is the trust left to? Um, the trust will be left um, for me as a trustee, so I can control the. Okay, trust. you're making uh, no because who? Re- all right, I'm a little confused. So the trust continues on, and do you get a? Do you? You say you're inheriting it all. Do you get a monthly allowance out of the trust? No, I, I don't. You get all. You just, you get everything, right? Yes. Okay, you're not the trustee because there's no longer a trustee. The trustee distributes it. It may be you when someone passes, uh, and if you're named as a trustee, then you pay yourself. But you get the money, John. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're going to grab it. They're a little confused as to what the trust, the trustee, a will, and it happens all the time. Uh, what's the bottom line? You get to pay 150000 bucks unless you can prove you're not the father. And there may be a statute of limitations going there because you could have waived uh, the ability to go back in and make your claim as to not being the father. And I don't know at this point. All right, Dean. Hello, Dean. Welcome. Yes, Bill? Yes. I have a car that was legally parked along the side of the road. It was run into. The insurance company has uh, fixed the car. The car originally was, let's say, is worth $10,000. Now, because of the accident, it's worth less than that with all of the accident reports. Do I have the right to ask for diminished value? Yeah, from the person that hit it, but here's... Uh, you've already accepted the insurance company saying that's it, you're done, correct? And is it your that's own? It. Is it your own insurance company, or was it the driver's insurance company? The driver's insurance company, I haven't accepted yet. Then you don't. Then you can argue diminu, uh, diminish, diminution of uh, of value, but uh, their responsibility is to fix the car, and that's it. Your damages are the the repair. However, you can say that. Uh, just the very fact that the car was banged into diminishes its value. And sure, you can argue that. Sure, why not? Am I going to have any luck? Man, I don't know. Probably not. No, the okay. insurance company is going to tell you to go pound sand, but uh, that's the way it goes. What? Uh, how old is the car? 2008. Okay, and uh, how much is it going to cost to repair the car? $9,000. It's a 2008 what? BMW Z4. Oh, it's a Z4. So how much is it worth before getting hit? I estimate 11000 No, no, I don't care what you estimate. No, 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 no. What? Do you have a blue book in front of you? Do you have a... Yes. Looking oh. at blue book, 11500 to 12000 Okay. And uh, once the car has been repaired, what's the value of the car after repairing it? That's the question that I need to get answered. No kidding. And uh, the point is, I don't think there's going to be much difference in terms of having been in an accident with a car that old. I I doubt there's going to be a whole lot of difference. But if there is, of course, you can say, hey, this is what the car's worth. Why not? And the insurance company is going to say, hey, tell you what, why don't you go ahead and file a lawsuit? We'll fight that. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Yeah. 2008, that's an old car. You know, it's a, I don't know, BMW Z what? Is that a, I guess that's a sports car, isn't it? I mean, I've had Beamers for years and years, but I've always had sedans, so what the hell do I know? Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hi. My 
mom died and I am the trustee of her estate, mm-hmm. am I obligated to pay her U.S. Bank credit card bills? Her bills? Her bills. Oh, of course you are. So I have to pay her bills? Out of the estate. You're talking about out of your pocket or out of the estate? No, out of the estate's pocket. Yes, of course you do. By law, you have to. Let me tell you how it works. First thing is burying your mom. Okay? Yeah. Throwing the person into the ground or cremating them or whatever the hell, barbecuing them or whatever they do. Uh, Second is to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. Third is to pay any outstanding bills. Mm -hmm. Fourth, and that's fairly down the list, you can distribute to the beneficiaries. Okay. Okay, no free money, no free lunch. Congratulations. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Taylor. Hi. Hi. Here I am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I am... I manage a small apartment building, about 21 units. I have managed it for the past 10 years, over 10 years. It has always been no pets. And suddenly, for the past couple of years, uh, one by one, we're getting tenants coming in with a pet that have lived here, bringing a pet in with the most ridiculous excuses ever, that they are service animals, comfort animals. Uh, One guy has Crohn's disease, so now he has three cats. Um, A lady is nervous, so she brings in a dog. Our latest one just got a new puppy for Christmas for the kids, saying it's because the kids are having trouble. Okay, is this the city of of Los Angeles? This is San Clemente. All right. Uh, I don't know where the law lays on this, uh, but I don't know. Certainly a service animal, there's uh, absolutely allowed to to be in, in your place. You can't argue with a service animal. It helps the blind, helps the deaf. Uh, that those are and those are certified animals by legitimate organizations. The problem is is that the state has not yet recognized uh, what the has not yet issued certification minimum uh, qualifications. Uh, so. Uh, they're calling them comfort. Yeah, I know. I know. They call them everything. I know. They've. Uh, there are people gone on airplanes with with ferrets, and there was one lady with a peacock, I think, on a, on a United Airlines, and they threw her off. And uh, then there was a parrot that someone tried to bring on. I mean, it's crazy stuff. Well, I, the powers that be are telling me my head management. I can't ask for. Uh, doctor's notes. We can't even ask for a pet deposit because technically they're not pets. All right, and this is your management that you work for, and that's what they're telling you. All right, then you're done. Then you're done. Then you're following management's rules, and that's the way it goes. All of a sudden, your apartment building has become pets are fine if they call them comfort animals. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. If if your company says that they want to go that way, now, if they were willing to fight it and say that this is fraud... That's a different issue, but that's going to take some interesting lawsuits. So except the fact that you've got dogs and cats and pigs and whatever the hell else. Great. Yeah. You got an animal farm there, right? You got a menagerie. Uh, I was uh, one of my favorite ones. Airlines have now limited the service animals, right? These are, I mean, they want uh, to make sure these are real service animals and not comfort animals. 
and their own policy says that they're not going to let certain animals on. Uh, and they've limited it to dogs and miniature horses. Go figure that one out. A miniature horse on a plane? I think that's uh, that was comfort animal. I think... Uh, I think real service animals, for example, uh, a genuine seeing eye chicken, for example, I think they have to let you on the airplane. And I don't quite know the rules. Uh, hello, Steve. Welcome to, welcome to Handle on the Law, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have a question, Bill. Sure. Basically, uh, my wife and I are basically kind of old we're disabled we only live on social security we've been living in my mother's home and uh, i thought it was going to be mine eventually but to make a long story short my sister is power returning she got into a lawsuit uh basically lost so now she's saying the house is up for sale and if I'm no not with, with the power no not with the power of attorney she's not gonna put the house up for sale no way oh, she, no even though she lost the the, Doesn't matter. The, she lost a lawsuit. Per, uh, she lost it personally, right? Well, she she included my mother. What do you mean she included your mother in the lawsuit? Your mother wasn't sued. No, she was the person who who, who filed the suit. Oh, your mother. So who filed the suit against who? Your your mother filed a lawsuit against her, correct? No, my sister used my mother's as power of attorney to file a lawsuit against the city. And she lost. And she lost. And is there a judgment against her? I don't know. There's, supposedly, here's the other thing, Bill. Supposedly, the attorney told me this. This is just last year, that in the will, my mother said that I'm supposed to have a place to live. Okay. Also. That's a life estate. All right. Uh-huh. That has nothing to do uh, with the lawsuit unless they attach the assets. But the, is your mother still around? Yeah, but she has dementia. Okay, so here's your argument. Here's the argument you're going to make. And that is, uh, if I were you, I'd go in and ask for conservatorship, which blows the power of attorney gone. A conservatorship where you have complete control. And then you, what you do as far as the judgment, you make a motion to quash the judgment based on the fact that your mother had no idea what she was signing. That, in fact, her daughter defrauded her under the power of attorney. Okay, that's the argument. You're going to need a lawyer for that. You're going to need to trust an estate lawyer for that. What? Do you have a pro bono one? No, 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 no. I don't think so. They're going to have to come up with something. There are some uh, organizations that will help. So um, uh, you get to do a little research. Okay. All right? Go on the computer and uh, throw in uh, your search words. Pro bono. Uh, I would know. It wouldn't even be a trust in a state. It'd be a just straight litigation lawyer because you're suing, uh, you're filing for a conservatorship. That is, uh, a, that's a trust in a state lawyer or that's a civil lawyer. Uh, uh-huh. And then you're uh, making a motion to quash the judgment based on what I just said. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what you have to do. But you have to go to a lawyer and then find out uh, pro bono, conservatorship, uh, quash. Okay. Okay. Not squash, so but quash. All right, quash it. Quash, quash it, yeah. All right, thank you, Bill. All right, you got it. That's a mess, isn't it? Oh, families. Don't you love families? This is why you pray that your family, your entire family dies before you do. Just everybody, just die. And you're, you, you inherit everything. Uh, you don't have to worry about family suing you. 
Uh, it's good to have dead relatives. This is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Oh, this is a fun one in Massachusetts. And we've been, well, it's not fun. We've been covering this for a long time, and this is the latest chapter. And this is Michelle Carter, who was convicted of manslaughter. And what she did is uh, she coerced her boyfriend, uh, her 18-year-old boyfriend, Conrad Roy, and persuaded him to kill himself by inhaling carbon monoxide in his uh, pickup. And if you remember that story, uh, she kept on texting him and calling him and saying, go ahead and kill yourself. I know you want to do it. He comes back and says, but my parents are worried or would be worried or look what I can do to my folks. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Do it. Be a man. I mean, it went on and on. So uh, what happened is she was convicted of uh, the crime, even though uh, her lawyer claimed it was a First Amendment issue and she was not directly connected. Now, there theoretically is a First Amendment uh, conversation here. And that is, should if she had said, I think you should kill yourself, and sort of left it at that, as opposed to, you should, and gave him directions, and kept on pushing him, and even when he said, I'm having second thoughts, don't do it, push, 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 that's what put it over the ledge. Uh, her attorney said, today's decision, this was uh, the uh, decision to, uh, to convict, uh, today's decision stretches the law to assign blame for a cha- tragedy that was not a crime. It has very troubling implications for free speech, due process. I have no idea where due process. That has to, about, that has to do with being having a fair trial. Come on, really? And the exercise of prosecutorial discretion, which incidentally, prosecutors can uh, use prosecutorial discretion all day long. As a matter of fact, they do. They'll charge one person, uh, give immunity to another. I mean, that's crazy. But the First Amendment argument, that can be made, but, it, but she went too far. So that didn't fly. Uh, Carter was 18 when Roy died. And uh, the, uh, uh, the decision the judge wrote helped plan how, where, and when her boyfriend would kill himself. And so uh, she is uh, remaining free from now based on the appeal or awaiting sentencing. And it's uh, the unfortunate part is um, she didn't go down very hard. Uh, She was convicted and given a 15-month sentence, and the appeal is up, or the appeal has now been filed, and the judge said you can remain free pending the appeal. Let's take some phone calls. Oh, Larry. Hey, Larry. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, go ahead, Larry. um, Yeah. So my question is, um, I was in the mortgage industry years ago, and um, I had a transaction where I was supposed to earn a commission. And you you still there? Yeah. Okay. And um, so... The owner was a friend of mine, still is a friend of mine in, in most regards, um, and 
basically that commission was never paid to me. How much and, money are we talking about? Um, the total commission to the agency was 15000 No, to you. How much money do you oh, get me. out of that commission? 10000 over 10000 All right. And uh, it's all written. I mean, you have a contract that specifies that. Uh, the sale was made and yes. uh, the money was paid to your broker. Yes. And you haven't sued him yet. Explain to me why. Um, because we were friends for so long and I trusted them. And, All right. Well, at some uh, point, when did you realize and how long ago, three years ago? More than that. Well, hold on. You got a real problem with that because you've got a four year statute. Has it been over four years? Uh, yep. Yeah. Then you might as well stay friends cause you're not going to collect a dime. I wouldn't be a friend if, uh, someone stole $10 from me, uh, $10,000, but Hey, what the hell? Hey, Max. Go ahead, Max. You're up. Yeah, um, my my wife has joint custody with her children with uh, her with her ex ex husband, right? Yes. And for the last two weeks, it's gonna be three weeks. He hasn't picked up the kids because he can't take no more because he's having kids with someone else. And he's saying that he can't afford it. All this stuff. Do we have anything to work with? No, you can't. More, no, you can't. Stuff? You can't force him to pick up the kids. At all? No, as in, as in, she he has more time. Pretty much, he has more custody than than uh, than my wife. Well, that you can change. That you can change. That you can and ask for more cut. custody. You go into court and ask for custody. But if he's not willing to pick up the kids, what difference does it make? No, we're not telling him to pick them up. We're just taking pictures of him every day. That's the, that's the thing too. Taking you know, pictures of him every way. You're taking pictures no, of, of we're the, of the kids. Every day, just to prove that he's been with, they've been with us every other day. Oh, but and what do you want to do? But what do you want to do? do you, are you asking for more custody of the kids? Yes. All right. Then you need to go into court and actually change the custody order. That's all. That's it? Yeah, that's it. You hire a family law attorney. Go in and just change the custody order. Your Honor, he's not there anyway, so you might as well give me custody. And uh, that way, we know what we're doing. By the way, I want more child support uh, because I'm going to have the kids more, uh, more of the time. All right. Fine. Hello, Jim. Jim, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. My, uh, my mom died recently, and I'm a beneficiary of inner trust with my two sisters. And uh, I want the house, and I need to buy my sisters out. I want to avoid a tax reassessment of the property. And um, I need to know, decide if it's worth it to jump through hoops to avoid the, the reassessment. I don't even know how yeah. you can avoid it. Um, by there's courting, there's something about Proposition 58, which I don't know anything about. What I'm really after is, do I need a trust lawyer, a tax attorney? That doesn't matter. None of that matters. The only thing is, uh, under Prop 58, which uh, I don't know the language of it, either reassessment kicks in or it doesn't. For example, in interspousal transfer, So let's say you are married and uh, you own the house with your wife and one of you dies and the other one gets uh, the house in his or her name. That is uh, an interspousal transfer and there is no reassessment. Now, I don't know if uh, it calls for reassessment if it goes to a kid. Uh, I don't know the answer. But if it does reassess, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Well, if it transfers to me... Um, 
then it would then I'd I'd, I'd re- avoid the reassessment. Right. No. 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 If, if what transfers to you. The house, the house. Then, it, well, but it's a new. But there's someone new, of course. The whole point: you can't avoid the reassessment if it transfers to you. That's the entire point of the law: is it reassesses when it is transferred to you. Okay. And so, so the the only way I think you can do it is keep it in the trust and never put it in your name, and keep the trust alive. And then, well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know there there's a real issue there. Uh, who's the trustee? My sister. Well, and then she's got an issue, and you get, and you are the beneficiary of that trust. And I share with my two sisters. Yeah. Well, I, you know that is when you talk to a probate and a state lawyer, finding out can you simply keep the trust going, and can the house uh, be uh, can't can the house be held in the trust forever so it doesn't reassess? Which incidentally doesn't mean it's not going to be reassessed. You know. Right, uh, right. It can be reassessed even if it stays in your, in, let's say your mom was still alive. And uh, they can call next week and go, hey, sweetheart, guess what? We're reassessing the house. They do that all the time. Sure. So, well, the difference at this point is more than $200,000 difference. Yeah, no, I understand. So you're looking at, yeah. um, here in California, you're looking at, uh, what, twenty? Uh, well, $2,500 difference in uh, the tax base. You know, whatever you're paying yeah. now, add a couple thousand dollars or more to it. So, right, uh, you have to talk to a trust and estate lawyer only to see if you can keep it in the trust. And then I don't know what? if you can forever. Just to talk to someone, as I've talked to you, might cost a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, probably. Not a thousand, though. Uh, I don't know. All right, easy enough. This is Handle on the Law. Sipping on straight glory. Let the vibes slide over me. This beat is a chemical. Beat is a chemical. Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk to Handle on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Oh, boy, oh. Hello, Tracy. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So um, I want to know, I've got uh, an ex-husband. We finished up our divorce settlement, um, and he agreed to take on a credit card debt that we had uh, during the marriage. He agreed, the to, he, is, he agreed to take it on? Yes. Okay. Yep, he agreed to take it on. The um, debt is in my name. And um, he had just informed me that he has no intentions of paying it off, transferring it into his name, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And over the next 20 years, he is going to be paying the minimum payment on this debt that will remain in my name. And so my question is, how can I get him to take it completely and put it into his name and right. release me from this debt? Is that a court order that he do that? Um, it was read into the court that he agreed to take on the debt. Okay, so that, that is it. that is part of the divorce decree, correct? Correct. Okay, so uh, here you have uh, a couple of uh, issues going on. First of all, it said that he agrees to take on the debt, correct? Correct. Well, if he is paying the debt, can it be argued that he's taking it on? See now we're getting now we're getting sort of in uh, the wobbly area, 
And it depends okay. on what the court said. Let's say you go ahead and uh, you take him to court for a contempt order that he didn't put it in his name. Does it say that the credit card will be put in his name and not yours? Not. Pardon? It does not say that. See, that's a problem because here is what he's arguing. I'm supposed to pay the debt. I'm paying it. What would you like to do now? How can I fix it? How can I fix it? I don't know if you can. You can go back and ask for a reconsideration of uh, the divorce, saying to clean up the language, and you go back mm-hmm. into court. You go back into court and have the judge order it. Now, even if the judge order it and he makes, he goes ahead and asks the credit card company to transfer it in his name. Doesn't necessarily mean the credit card company is going to. Correct. If he doesn't have uh, as good credit as you, for example, the credit card company is going to say no. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in getting someone who had, is more of a credit risk on that credit card. So what you get to do is uh, clearly the credit card is no longer uh, live, correct? You've shut off the credit card, I'm assuming, at this correct. point. And uh, the only thing you can do, the only it's, it's two shots of this. The one thing is seeing if the court will uh, change the order. And uh, you simply, because that's the intent of the court here. You're going to argue uh-huh. the intent of the court, the intent of this order is for him to take over the debt, not pay the debt, which he can do, uh, as he said in an affidavit you file, that he's going to be paying minimum, which will never, ever be gone for 20 years. I think they have to amortize it over 20 years. And yeah. uh, that's a problem. And problem number two, so the court may clear that up. But then again, uh-huh. as I said, you got the issue of the credit card company. For example, let's say he wants to screw you on that. All he has to mm-hmm. do is have a credit uh, a credit score less than yours. You're done. So you've okay. got a problem. So I, I think it's a loser on uh, both sides. And that's yeah. that's your and that's your lawyer's fault, incidentally, uh, for doing that. Yep. Yeah, because uh, yep, the I language. Yep. So uh, you know what what do you do with that? And I don't know the answer. Well, I do know the answer. Nothing. Maybe sue the lawyer for uh, malpractice, but that's not going to fly. Hey, Jim. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Um, my question is this. My uncle passed away 14 years ago, and I received a firearm from him, and it's been sitting in my safe for 14 years, and now all these shootings are going on, so I'm trying to do the right thing. I want to uh contact the department of justice and get it put in my name is that a smart thing stupid thing yeah i think well uh, you know what is it a smart thing stupid thing i don't think it really matters because if it's sitting in your gun safe it's not going to be used in a crime the department of justice has no idea you have the weapon so uh six and one happen as the other if you want to register it in your name you go ahead and register in your name and you have the weapon Uh, but you know, I don't know what I would do. I probably would just keep it in the gun safe. Do you ever take it out and shoot it? Um, every once in a while, All I right. do that, which is another thing. I don't want to get caught with it and then for them to say, you know, it's not mine, and then for them to arrest me but right on the spot. Well, That's then what, what you do is you register the gun in your name. And you can but say the- things like, I just found it. My uncle died uh, 14 years ago, and it was uh, un- under a-, a bunch of stuff. I opened up a... Uh, uh, some cabinet that he had kept locked that I never paid attention. Here's a gun, and I want to register it in uh, my name. Problem is there's no proof that the gun transferred to you, and I don't know how one does that from a dead person to a family member. Maybe you can do it by affidavit. I have no idea. There has to be a someone in the Department of Justice that can give you that kind of information. 
You got the legal division uh, where someone, some secretary in charge of registering guns when an uncle has died and it was 14 years. I'm sure there's a department in there someplace. So that's the advice I'd give you. Uh, You know, is it good advice? How the hell do I know? Uh, This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. And welcome back to Handel on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Mike. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Yes, uh, I was using a national brand uh, face wash. It was uh, Axe exfoliating uh, face wash. It has mm-hmm. these little beads in it that uh, are supposed to scrub. Uh, dead, dead skin off of your face. I was following the instructions um, as as it said on the back, and it, I was rubbing the um, soap in my face. One of the beads had gotten into my eye and scratched my cornea, and the injuries lasted over six weeks. Uh, I want to know if there's any kind of um, if I could hold the manufacturer responsible. Yeah, well, anyway. first of all, uh, no, on a bunch of different levels. I don't think uh, they're going to argue. You know what? You have to keep the stuff out of your eyes, all right? That makes sense. You know they're beads, and uh, what are you doing putting anything into your eyes? And you're saying, but wait a minute, uh, one of these flew out, these little beads, uh, and hit my eyeball. Uh, okay, uh, and they should have known that that is a probability, and their argument is, you know what? No matter what you put on your face, you put it on your eyeballs, it's going to uh, cause some damage, And uh, it's your fault that you brought that stuff too close to your eyes. That's number one. Number two, suing the manufacturers, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars because you've got to bring in so many experts and say this is a defective design and manufacturing process because. And what lawyer is going to end up doing it because, uh, you know, six weeks. I mean, it's a pain in the rear end, pain in your eyes. But it's only six weeks. How much do you think a jury is going to give you for six weeks of hurting? Well, also, uh, a change in the formula. I don't want others to be injured by it. Oh, stop it. Is that what you're going to say? It's about others? Is that what you want to do? So if you walk in and say, this is not about me, and as a matter of fact, any judgment goes into a charity. I don't want any money at all. And I will, and I'm prepared to do depositions, and I'm prepared to spend the next three months in court just so other people don't do that. Are you saying that to me? I'll tell you this much. Uh, I wouldn't let my child use it after me being injured by okay. it. Okay. All right. Uh, probably that, not. Uh, and that's fine. And, uh, that, that, okay, now what? And there may be people listening that agree with you, although uh, the defense is going to be, wait a minute. You know, you only got Mike's side of the story. And basically, it's uh, negligence on Mike's fault. You know, what if you have, what if you have some, let's say you have a, a zit, all right, uh, and uh, you put some pimple cream on it, which is pretty powerful stuff, and uh, your daughter, your son puts it, and, and some of it gets into the eyeballs and causes damage. Uh, it's the manufacturer's fault? I, I think uh, if you're following the directions as stated. Okay, uh, that's your word, it. Mike. Hi, I was following the directions. The other side says, no, you weren't. How about some proof that you were following? How about some proof that you were following the directions? 
See, that's the problem you have. I know it's, uh, 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 but I was doing everything they told me to do. Well, you're going to say that anyway. Anybody's going to say that. And you know why I was following the directions? Because I'm here and I want money. And what, a judge and a jury's going to go, absolutely, this isn't about money. And, you know, please. Hey, Roy, you're up. Yes, Welcome. Sir. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I bought a factor's ticket at uh, 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 $2,500 uh, for life for 20 years. It's uh, uh, luck, lucky life. And I hit the luck symbol and I win. So I called my friend and she comes down. She's a notary of the public, and I've trusted her, been knowing her for three years. I go inside to cash one $50 ticket. When I come back outside, she had left with my ticket. Mm. And what's your question? Well, what can I do about it? I've called the lottery people, and they're investigating on their end. Is it just a civil matter, or what happens? Well, it is a civil matter, but uh, Roy, let me ask you. You have to prove that it was your ticket that you bought it, that that was the number, that she didn't. You know what, Roy? You're going to have a tough one with that. You really are, because she's going to say, what are you talking about? I don't know. I bought the ticket. There's video in the store. She can't prove that she bought it. I understand. Uh, But, uh, you know, and then there's all kinds of, gee, he gave it to me. Uh, I'm not saying it's not impossible. People have won those. Yeah. Uh, Especially if uh, they have a time stamp on it. And uh, they have a video of you buying that ticket at that moment and her not being anywhere near there. You know what? You've got a shot at it. And the trick is for right, you right. to find the trick is for you to find a lawyer that's willing to take that on. So it's twenty five hundred. Wait a second. You. What? That's why I call you. It's a one million six hundred and ninety thousand lump right. sum payout. All right. Based on what you're saying. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe because you, you may have the okay. proof there. You may have the proof. So uh, we talk. Need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. Well, uh, you can go to the website. You can go to handle on the lot. No, I, 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 I can't because I'm out in the desert in Arizona. I don't. I don't have a, any way to travel. I walked into town. I don't think you need uh, the travel. Uh, it's uh, you bought the ticket in, in Arizona. Yes, sir. Yeah, you got to find an Arizona lawyer. Okay. Yep, that's it. And uh, you know, based on uh, what he said, you know, I, that's that's not bad. Good friend too, by the way. I want to congratulate you. Uh, for uh, choosing your friends. Absolutely lovely, huh? Hello, Bob. You're hey, up. how you doing, Bill? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? If a relative is going to move into a retirement home, how do you protect yourself so that they don't come back and charge you for, like, your relatives because, staying there? Because, Bob, you're not responsible. Unless you sign a contract or you signed admission papers that say you are responsible for the payment to the retirement home. Otherwise you're off the hook. There's no law that requires you to be responsible for your parents, even your, your mother. When we talk about relatives, uh, how close are these relatives to you? Uh, it's a mother-in-law. Uh, you have, wife, you have no responsibility. None. As a matter of fact, uh, is your wife still around? And what is now? Here is the problem. If your wife signs and says she is responsible, then she can argue it's out of community assets. You can say no, it's a private debt, and but it's still going to come out of the community. Is has your wife signed for financial responsibility? Um, I don't 
think so. Then don't let her do it. Don't, don't, do not let her do it. No matter what happens, don't let her do it. The only thing, the only thing you want to do is talk to your mother-in-law and say, tell you what, we will move your furniture into a storage facility when they throw you out on the sidewalk and say, it's been a pleasure. That's what I would do. No, I wouldn't. No. You know what? I'd let her have I'd let her have a garage sale right there on the sidewalk. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM six forty more stimulating talk Bill Handle. Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Hey Roxanne. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? I have a question in regarding to an issue with LAUSD Elementary School. I have a um, daughter that has been diagnosed with autism. She's been receiving services through the LAUSD school district, has an IEP in place, and is nine years old. There was a a school um, performance uh, for every grade, and our our class was performing uh, talent show with every kid was um, picking a song and performing it uh, in front of the other grades. A day before the talent show, my, uh, the teacher pulled my daughter out of the play uh, without any warnings and said her, told my daughter, not even to me, that the, the, the song is inappropriate and contains uh, or encourages the usage of drugs and um, is not appropriate for that grade. So I went, uh, we've been practicing this song for a few months, and I went through the song. I printed the lyrics, took it to the principal, um, showed it to the assistant principal of the school. She didn't find anything wrong with the lyrics. Then I said, so can my daughter, can we have a discussion with the teacher? Can my daughter perform today? So the teacher still said no, and she refused that day to meet with me. The next day I met with the principal, um, who then said she's going to um, I have the teacher meet with me in her office. The teacher refused to do that. Um, then I had called an IEP meeting, and yesterday where the teacher was supposed to be um, present, and she didn't show up to that either. All right. Uh, she's, she's been, I mean, I can't get in touch with her. She's refusing to meet with me. I don't, don't want to walk into the classroom. No, you can't do that. Kind of, no, no, you can't yeah. do that. Uh, what I would do but, is ask I would do is ask the principal and saying she refuses to meet with me over issues with my the, daughter. The prin- yeah, the principal told me that she's refusing to meet. All right, the so now, so told. what's your question? So two days, um, or the the following three days after the performance, she kept bringing the issue up in the classroom, discussing it with the kids and the child with autism. It's a huge deal for her to perform. Right. Okay. So what's, willing to. what's your question? Does is this a discrimination? Yeah, is discriminating case. Uh, yeah, I mean, are the other kids uh, also autistic? Uh, no, well, the, the there is, I believe, in the classroom a few kids with special. Needs, All right, so it's a special, autism. it's a special needs classroom in which other kids are autistic. Correct. No, it's a, it's no, it's a general class. Okay, it's a general class, and she is. All right, she's being uh, deemed discriminated against, in your opinion, and clearly yes. she does. Now, there's a couple of issues here. Number one, is it based on her autism, which puts the school in a lot of trouble if you're arguing uh, that 
the uh, the reason that the teacher said no, even though it was totally appropriate, everybody thinks it's appropriate, what the teacher is doing is nailing my kid because my kid's autistic. And I would have the, the uh, conversation with the principal and say, this thing is going to blow up. I am accusing you right now of discriminating against my child because she is autistic. Okay. And the teacher refuses to meet with us. Do I take this to the school board? I take it to the school board. If I have to do that, I'll take it all the way up. Because an accusation okay. uh, like this, and I'm convinced that's why she's doing it, an accusation like this, that's a serious accusation, and see what happens. Also, you okay. may want to you may want to pull her out of that classroom. Well, she's almost done, and she has an aide right now in the class, and the agency and the therapist that she's been seeing, they were advocating for her yesterday. They're completely floored about this whole situation. All right, well, you know, here's the problem. She's almost done, so it's going to be retroactive, uh, and, uh, you know— now what? You can't. Uh, what I would have said is you pull the kid out, but it's it's over anyway, uh, and yeah. uh, the year is o- is over. So um, you know, I don't know. You can still make a big deal about it. You can still argue the damage that she under uh, underwent because of the fact uh, that she was discriminated against and couldn't uh, couldn't uh, sing her song. And uh, is she going to any kind of a psychologist? Yeah, she has a regular... And you want the psychologist to say that she was emotionally damaged? She did yesterday. Oh, have her put it in writing. Okay. Go to the principal and say, this thing is going to blow up. Okay. What would you like to do about it? Now, there may be nothing that uh, the principal can do about it. You say, okay, you know, we tried. Uh, The teacher refused. You didn't force the issue. My kid was discriminated against. You refused to fix it when you were told. You agreed there was a problem and never went uh, beyond that. Because what they could have done is simply told the teacher, until you meet, you're off. You're not teaching anything. Yeah. Uh, And send her home and say, you know what? And then put, put a complaint in her file. They could have done a lot of things. So um, that's what I would do at this point. Just start screaming. Hello, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Hello. Yes. Oh, hi, Bill. I love your show. Listen every morning. Of course you do. Yes. Is there a a, um, statute of limitation on collecting something that's owed to me? I'm a store owner and I have. Yes, there is. So let me ask you, is it it a, a P.O.? Is it pursuant to a an order that uh, you fulfilled that wasn't paid? Um, yeah, I know. It was a guy who used to come to my store and shop, and you know, over the years he accumulated a debt of like about sixty thousand, and he was coming and buying all the time and paying a little bit. Then he just stopped coming and it stopped. Wait a minute. Uh, what kind of store do you have, Joe? I have a kosher market in Santa Monica. And sixty thousand dollars this guy owed you. Yeah. How did you let that? And he's a customer. He's a customer. Well, how did, he's a, he's, he owns a restaurant. He how did you let, Joe, how did, and I'm assuming you've got a purchase order for this stuff, right? It's all in writing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you have four years on that uh, from uh, the last payment. Four years from the time the last payment was made. All right. So you probably still have plenty of time. But more importantly, Joe, how do you let a customer get ahead of you by $60,000? Explain that to me. Yeah. Stupidity, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you're you're a moron, uh, <laughs> and you you'll probably get a judgment. You can sue him. Uh, the problem is you're not going to sue him in small claims court because that's only ten grand, 
And uh, it's, yeah, well, you have four years. That's your answer. And unfortunately, four years. Okay. yeah, four years. Yeah, what a moron. Jeez. Although, if you've ever shopped at a kosher market, uh, in terms of how expensive the meat is, $60,000 is about two steaks. The stuff is really pricey. This is Handle on the Law. 